yeah, like now I'm sad if I make less than 3,000, which is so awful I to know. say, but you get used to things. Hey guys, Jen Bruno Smith here. I am here with Saban Ritu of Lovely and Lace. You are based out of, I always say this wrong, Akio. No. Okay. Akoe. Akoe. I was so that idea, wrong. That idea. I wasn't even wrong. <laughs> I was so wrong. In, in Orlando, right? No, near yeah, so we're like right outside of Orlando. Right outside of Orlando. Yeah. So you have been a photographer for how many years now? I say since 2009, but my husband swears it's 2008, so whichever. Yes, yeah, so we've been like going for about the same amount of time. That's when I started too. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, I started in 2009. I mean, it wasn't very good, but that's when I started. Oh God, no. You don't want to see my beginning pictures. They're highly embarrassing. <laughs> we all start somewhere, right? Like we have, um, I started with like uh, um, vignettes and selective coloring and like all kinds of stuff, like oversaturation and Lightroom. I was really big on like making skin tones really gray and then everything else like super um, saturated. I made things orange and I put this weird black border around all of my photos and I got really creative by adding like a layer of words on top of my photos. Oh yeah. It looks so like vintage, I guess. I don't know. My you photography know. might've been better had my editing not totally screwed it up. <laughs> yeah, 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 same, same. I think that all new photographers go through this trend of like starting in Lightroom, oversaturating, then they discover Photoshop and they're like, oh my gosh, I can put like layers on here. And then like it starts there. And, and, then, and then you like go down the other side where you're like, okay, I need to actually make this look not so contrived. And then you like start going back the other way. So I think that's like, what most photographers go through, I feel like. It's, yeah, it's like how as a teenager, you have to wear purple lipstick or purple eyeshadow to be considered having gone through the teenage years. You have Absolutely. to have an awkward face. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah, and here I am, still wearing purple. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I wore purple lipstick the other day, too. Living my best so. life dark lipstick <laughs> and dark nails, right? <laughs> so, so you were, um, so you started in like 2009, and then what did you start shooting? Um, engagements and families were like my jam at the beginning and it was literally my very first session was a couple friend of mine like a husband and wife already married but I'm like you take off your wedding rings just the engagement ring because we're gonna do an engagement shoot that was I my very that. first photo shoot <laughs> I love that that's great I did the so, same thing my first shoot was like um to, it was a married couple and I like made it look like an engagement shoot too. Again, I think something that most photographers do, like trying to like get as many genres in there as you can and make it till you make it. That's mm -hmm. what I live by. Absolutely, absolutely. So what was like the biggest mistake that you made as like a new photographer, like green right out of the gates? Ooh, that one's so easy actually. It's <laughs> surprising. Um, and actually my client is the one who made me realize this like she verbalized it right she hired me for like a birthday party for her kid and I think it was like the first thing that I had been hired for they didn't mm -hmm. pay any deposit or anything because I didn't know anything about that and then they canceled on me like a few hours before and she said I'm so sorry to do this I'll be happy to like pay you something just since you didn't take a deposit I'm like yeah, that would be really great. Thank you. And she never did. Like, it was your idea. Of course. <laughs> and so after that 
thankfully it was really early on so I could learn early like need to take a non-refundable deposit because I'm not dealing with this right so did you start in IPS or did you and so for our listeners and are, are kind of new to photography IPS is in-person sales so there's really like the two ways right there's like shoot and burn or shoot and share where you take the pictures and then you give them all the files or IPS or in-person sales where you um, do the shoot and then you have a sales session or an ordering appointment after where the client makes our purchases. So did you start right with IPS or did you start or do like a hybrid? What I literally never knew anything about IPS until maybe five years ago. It's like semi new of a concept for me, which is amazing. Yeah. Um, no, I started, I just burned discs and I even burned, I don't remember what it was called, where you could burn their photos on top of it. <laughs> really fun. Um, yeah, so that's what I did is I did discs until I learned how to, until I learned that there's like Pixie Set and things like that. And right. then I would do that and send it to them. Right. I charged like $500 for a session, all inclusive. Um, and then I finally, years ago, was like, I'm just going to see what IPS is all about because everybody's raving about how much money you can make with it. So right. let's just see. So I brought in my clients who had already paid 500, already were getting all of their photos and they spent like maybe a hundred dollars extra. And I'm like, this IPS is BS. Like, I don't know what people are talking about. I didn't make anything that was not worth my time. Right. Stressful. Like, I don't know how to sell. Like, I'm not a salesman. Right. And I would even show them a product and I would literally tell them, but you don't have to get it. Like... I would just totally screw my sale because I was right. so uncomfortable with the right. idea and I thought you had to be like a salesman. Right. Biggest misconception, right, of yeah. IPS is that you have to sell. Yeah. You don't, right? If your work is good, it sells itself. There's no reason to sell. And not just the work. That's actually, I feel like, even a smaller portion of it. I think it's if yes. you're pricing it right. Yeah. Pricing it right. How am I going to upsell them after they've already spent only $500 to get everything. Like right. what more could they want? They're not going to pay for me to give them a $400 canvas when they can go do it themselves. Absolutely. The images basically. Yeah. Yeah. The pricing is huge. And then also the experience that the clients are getting is huge too. And, and how they value you and your work. So, so you went from, okay, so you were doing kind of like a shoot and burn, then you kind of did like a hybrid where you dipped your toes into IPS and you're like, this really sucks. And then, then what was, and then what was your next step after that? You went back to shoot? Oh yeah. I went back. I'm like, screw this. Like, this is not worth my time. The anxiety I'm done. Um, and then I didn't even touch IPS again until I started mentorships for boudoir. Okay. Like, yeah. So, so you did like family, maternity, and then you switched to weddings first. You did some weddings. Yeah. So I did it pretty early on. I never did it the right way where you like follow, you shadow people and you second shoot. I never, right. I think I made second shot once in my entire wedding career. Wow. And that was just to help a friend. It wasn't because I needed like the experience or anything. Right. It was pretty far in. Um, yeah, I winged it. I winged everything. <laughs> Don't we all, right? Yeah. But we do. But, and it worked until it didn't work. Like, mm -hmm. until I realized that this isn't sustainable and I'm not making as much as clearly I can based on all of these Facebook pages that I'm now part of that I never knew existed. <laughs> and it's like, I just slowly got added to more and more groups. And I'm like, what? 
people are making a hundred thousand dollars. Like people are making $50,000, you know, like it just, right. all of that was so mind blowing to me. And now it's just like all of these years I was just missing out because I didn't even know that mentorships existed for any category. Right. Photography in general. It's funny. Cause like, you know, we run ads for the high rollers club and inevitably almost every single day, there's someone that will post on there photographers making $4,000 sales. This is bullshit. And I'll be like, really? <laughs> you need to find yourself a new circle then. Yes, exactly. You can't be the smartest one in the room. Right? <laughs> right. I like that. Um, so what made you start to shoot boudoir? Like what inspired you to do it? So I had a client for a, a bride who had asked me to do her boudoir session. I actually had completely forgotten about this. All these years when people ask me this question, I'm like, I honestly don't remember how right, it started. Right. And then she came back for a second session and she was like, don't you remember I had asked you and you said no? <laughs> like, oh yeah, that's right. right. So she asked me if I would do these like sexy photos for her. And I'm like, that sounds cool, but I don't do it and I don't want to screw that up. So right. I can help you find somebody. And she said, nope, I want you to do it. So I looked into it, I went and did my own so I could really understand what it felt like on the other side of the camera first. Because you can't tell somebody, it's no big deal, it's, it's okay, unless you do it first. Right. Um, and then I started doing the marathons in hotel rooms. And that, I think I did like two or three a year where I would book maybe six girls in a day. Right. Um, and charge like a couple hundred dollars. Wow. <laughs> but of course, I walked out of it out of six sessions. I'm like, I made $800. <laughs> Which is more than you were making before. I, I thought that was huge. Like I would just yeah. go to my husband and be like, oh my God, this is amazing. Right. So and now you get three or $4,000 sales and you're like, it was just another day. Yeah, like now I'm sad if I make less than three thousand, which is so awful to say. But you get used to things, and then you, you know what's funny is uh, my husband and I. Like when I shot families, and even when I was first started shooting boudoir, we like I would have a sale, and then if it was a good sale, like even what I considered a good sale, like eight hundred to a thousand dollars. And this was like back in like 2012, 2013. I would call him and I would be like, do you want to play my favorite game? And I would like make him guess what my sale was. That's awesome. And now, like I don't even tell him. Like unless I sell my $8,000 collection, I don't even tell him. That's and if I call him, I'm like, hey, hun. And he'll be like, I like the way you sound. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and then he'll be like, it was a good one, huh? And then that's it. And then we're like, okay, so are you getting dinner? Am I getting dinner? Like it's just so normal. Yeah. It's just like a normal part of the job now. Yeah. Um, that's amazing. So, so you started doing marathons and then, and then you started like really getting serious. What was your revenue? Like, so what year were you shooting weddings and like before you really started into boudoir? Oh boy. Um, 2014. Yeah. Maybe something like that. Let's see. One, two, three, four. Yeah, maybe even earlier, maybe 2012 or 2013 is when I really started trickling in boudoir. But at that time, like never would it possibly have occurred to me that you could pick one genre other than weddings right. and make a good living from it. So right. in my mind, I had to do all the things. Newborns, which I did not like to do. Right. I cuddle them, but I don't like to photograph them. Same. Same. Um, product photography, like anything anyone would pay me for. Same. Did the same thing. 
And then you, and then I just started doing more and more of the, the boudoir marathons and getting more people requesting them. Um, and I got really, really, really sick of the hotel scene. Have you ever done the hotel thing? So I've gotten Airbnbs and like I've done marathons where I would, the most I've shot in a day is five and I thought I wanted to die. And then, um, and I actually did it. I rented an Airbnb, like a, like a bed and breakfast in central PA. Cause that's where we're from. So I have like a large, like base of connections there and relationships. And I shot five in a day. And of course I chose to do it in like November where the days are shorter. I don't know what the hell I was thinking. <laughs> So I started shooting, you know, like at like eight or nine and then it started getting dark at four. And so, and the floors were like that orange pine and I had so many like color casts, oh. but anyway, so that was like my last, that was like 2017. I haven't done it since. Oh, wow. That was recent though. Yeah. That long ago. Yeah. I've only started shooting. I started shooting boudoir in 2016. Okay. So, I feel like we're on similar-ish timeline. We are, yeah. You did it out way sooner than I did. <laughs> <laughs> As we're talking, I'm like, oh, yeah, I did that. Yep, I did that too. That's awesome. So, like, 2017, what were you doing in 2017? Okay, so I'm looking at my topic here because that's kind of telling me numbers. Um, 2017, I was trying really hard to book the crap out of boudoir session. That is about the year when I really, really wanted to go full force with it. Right. Um, and I specifically actually do remember that because that's the year my son was born and I knew that I'd have to take some time off. Right. But I didn't want to lose out on those sessions. So I started trying to hire people and I hired a couple of people. It worked out while it worked out and then it got kind of less than ideal. Um, and it just wasn't working for any of us. Like it just, the whole situation that we put together just wasn't working out. So right. that ended. Um, and I had really thought that I could book more. Like I did at one point stupidly promise them, which I think was one of the big issues is I promised them I can get you X amount of sessions per month. And it was a loose promise, but right. I really felt confident even though I had no strategy. Yeah. I didn't have a private Facebook group that I remember. I don't think I did. Yeah. Um, I didn't really, like I did newsletters, but it wasn't really strategic. I, I just, nothing, everything was just like willy nilly, like whatever right. I thought of, I just applied and hoped for the best. Right. Um, so in 2016, I had 60 sessions. In 2017, I had 43 because Landon was born. Right. So I had to cut down drastically for that. Right. Um, and I'm like, I like, I have to still do weddings. I have to still do all these things. Cause there's no right. way I can just do this. Right. And um, how much did you make? What was your gross in 2017? 2017 was from boudoir alone was 48,000, which actually is pretty good considering yeah. that was before I knew what the hell I was doing. Right. And my pricing was like, I think it started at 750 was my session fee which now I'm like, yeah, that was really high, but then they could get like a bunch of stuff for only a little bit more. So right. the max that somebody would really be able to spend was like $1,800. Right. And I realized that I'm like, I'm capping myself. Right. I don't know how to not cap myself. I don't right. know how to do this. So in 2017, you shot like 43 sessions and your gross was like 48. So you were averaging about a little over a thousand. Yeah. 
per session. So then how about, wait, what? Before, yeah, gross, exactly. Gross. So how about, um, how about in 2018? What was that like for you? Okay, so 2018, um, about midway through that year, not even midway, I decided to invest in myself for pretty much the first time ever in photography because I had heard about a different program. And I'm like, you know what? What I'm doing is not working. And I know it's it's a big investment, but I'm going to do it. Um, And my husband and I have always been, I think I saw you write something uh, recently about this too. Like Craig and I, we're not stupid risk takers. Like we don't do things that we know are just so out of our control, but we take risks that we know we can have some form of control over and they're educated risks for the most part. And we know that the success from it can far outweigh the failure from it. Right. So like even opening the studio was absolutely terrifying just to kind of rewind a bit. Um, I did the hotel room thing. I got super tired of it because I had to deal with their check-in and check-out time. Sometimes they wouldn't let me check in in time. And I'd literally have girls like piling up and we'd be sitting in the lobby waiting and we'd be hours behind. Right. So we found this space and I mean, it's really damn expensive. Like at this point now, it goes up every year. We're paying about $3,000 a month. Wow. Insane. Yeah. Um, And so we said either we do it and find out that it doesn't work and at least we tried or we don't do it and we stay where we are and I don't get to do the thing that I really want to do right so that was a big risk but we knew we had to take it right so obviously however many years later six seven years later it's going well Um, so what was it you were 2018 (laughs) so so the difference was in 20 so 2017 you were like 43 clients, 48,000 gross, 2018, how much was your gross in 2018? And you started a mentorship program in 2018. So it was 123,000. So, so yeah. it worked. That program definitely worked for me. Like get you started. And what, um, but then what were you struggling with? So you definitely had like a large difference in your gross, but what were you struggling with still? Um, I felt capped. So the way that this program had structured the pricing, while it was significantly more than what I was doing beforehand, right. and it was working really, really well for me, um, just the way that the pricing was structured, it kind of, it just capped me. Like, I think the most that a client could pay me was like three or 4,000, which is great, right. but I wanted to make seven or 8,000, you know, I wanted right. to make more, right. um, and, I, and I didn't know how, like mm-hmm. I... I was just following the program, just like I do with you. Like I just follow the steps and making changes is risky because I don't know the right changes to make. So I try not to touch what you do (laughs) and I just try to follow it as is. So that's what I was doing with the other program too. So I just felt copped and I also felt like I needed to do a different system as far as getting clients um, and having like a sustainable system, I guess. Yeah. I, I think that that's one of the best things about our program is that it is a sustainable business model. And I'm saying that because I've been doing it. And so I know that it, it works because this is, you know, I just had my second year making over half a million. And the year before that, I made 280, but I was also working a full time job. So, I mean, yeah. So then you found us in 2019. And 
you know, you were looking for to increase your sales average, increase your gross revenue and to bring more people in. Those were like the struggles why you found us. Yeah. Yep. Um, actually one of my friends who was also in the program with the other program with me, she had mentioned you guys. Oh, cool. And so she had mentioned the price. Um, she was specifically actually talking about Humberto at first. Yeah. I actually heard about Humberto before I heard about you specifically. Yeah. Um, and she was mentioning his side of the things and I'm just like what <laughs> and it was scary but then of course I rewinded and I looked at my history and I'm like okay historically you're good at trusting your gut yeah. and you succeed at the things that you do because you work your ass off when you do them right and you make the right decisions it's not like I'm paying for a program that the mentor isn't and this was even the one before like mentors have been available for the most part and um and it's not just like an online course where you just follow them but you have no one to talk to you know right. there's q a's there's there's very hands-on programs and then there's very hands-off programs yeah so i would never look at the hands-off ones because those are the ones that i just so in school <laughs> i'm tying those back in school i was always like i needed to be in class in the front row to be able to focus and really retain the information. Right. Whereas I had friends who could do really, really well in online courses. Right. I was not that person. Like right. online courses for me where I can't ask questions immediately, right. that never worked for me. So that's right. why I knew that this kind of thing was really successful as far as how I viewed it. Yeah. Um, so in 2018, before I joined, right now, in 2019, yeah. before I joined the High Rollers Club. So January to April, I yeah. did 85,000 gross. And then from May to December, after the High Rollers Club, 275,000. So That's huge, insane. Yeah, huge. That's difference. insane. Huge That's crazy. Yeah. How did I not know that? That's crazy. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, knew your, I knew your gross, but like, I didn't know that it was divided like that. Yeah, it's a huge difference. So the total for last year was 360 with boudoir only. Um, we rent the studio too. So that was like a different portion. So, but this is boudoir only. That's amazing. Yeah. You're just a powerhouse. That's <laughs> incredible. Is your husband just like, oh my God, boy, I struck the, I hit the lottery when I married. <laughs> so it's awesome because he's able to focus on ramping up the things that he wants to ramp up. Like he quit his job years. I mean, before I even knew that boudoir could be successful like this. Yeah. When I was still in the wedding and family and engagement game. Um, he quit his job because he saw me working from home and he's like, I want to do that too. Right. I want to do what I love. Right. And so since then, he's been just kind of figuring out what it is he wants to do, testing out the waters and different projects. And mm -hmm. so it's nice because I can support us and he can do what he loves. And I know he's not going to ever like have negative feelings towards me for like making him go get a nine to five mm -hmm. when he doesn't want to. Yeah. The same. My husband quit his job in like March of this year and our family like home life is so much less stressful because he was working in a really stressful job. Like he was managing our entire state, like the, yeah, like for a physical therapy company. So he was a senior regional director and he had like 200 employees or something ridiculous like that. Mm -hmm. He had a lot of stress. And this Christmas was the first Christmas that he didn't have to 
worry about meeting the metrics for his other company. And like the one day, even though like, you know, when three kids are off school and they're all at home with you, it's a lot of work. I'm sure, yeah. <laughs> and kind of stressful. But we looked at each other at one point and he's like, this is the first year that I've actually enjoyed a holiday because I haven't worried about what work was going to look like when I went back. And that's like the gift of owning your own business, right? Is you have this flexibility and this freedom that someone in a nine to five doesn't have. And uh, we never lose sight of that. Like as you know, business owners that it's, that we are very fortunate that we have that flexibility. Um, so it's amazing the growth, the change, like from 2018 to 2019. That's incredible. So looking forward to 2020, how are your bookings looking for moving forward? I have two spots left and I don't know what to do. <laughs> so <laughs> awesome. It's such a good problem to have. Yeah, that's amazing. How many are you shooting a week or a month? or? Um, three a week for the most part. Yeah. Some weeks I have four. I know those weeks I'm going to be a little bit miserable because I'm an extroverted introvert, I've realized. And so I really need my quiet downtime after. Yes. So three is my sweet spot. But um, this is including the fact that I've given myself a few like spontaneous weeks off throughout the year. Right. Um, so I have right now 125 sessions booked for this year. That's amazing. Which is awesome. That's amazing. And I'm talking to somebody about potentially adding her to the team as like even just one session a week. Right. Possible. Because kind of, I hate to turn people away, but I also no. know my limits and I know that I don't want to add more to right. my plate or I'll start getting burned out. Right. Absolutely. That's incredible though. I'm so happy. I'm so happy and just so proud of you going from May to December, making what you made. That's like seven months, right? Seven months, you made how much? 280? Uh, 275. That's amazing. That's pretty much all of December off. That's like on average about $39,000 a month. I hadn't done that math. I like that math. <laughs> yeah, um, and I took, I did two sessions at the beginning of December and maybe one IPS, if I remember right. Really, it's in six months. Yeah. And it's talking about like how your husband was just so relaxed this break. That was Craig and I, like we were in pajamas. Like we went on vacation to Tennessee. We got an Airbnb and some days we literally stayed in our pajamas and watched TV and let Landon like watch his iPad because we just, we could, because we knew we worked so hard this year and we deserve it. And like, we felt so refreshed and ready to hit the ground running again. Right. Yesterday was my first day back and it's just like, I feel so ready. My brain right. is like on fire. I'm ready to go. <laughs> I love that. I love that. I'm so happy for you. So you're booked out for 2020. So you've been on, like we've, our paths have kind of mirrored each other, like as far as like our, you know, photography paths. So what is, what's some advice? Like what were your biggest mistakes in the beginning looking back now? In the beginning of what? Like your whole photography career, I guess. Like, do you have any like crazy mistakes, like looking back where you're like, what was I thinking? Um, I mean, I guess you could call mistakes. It's just more learning curves, like properly pricing yourself, um, not having confidence in myself and knowing what I was worth. 
Yeah. I mean, I don't know that those are really mistakes as much as just like growth. You know that there, you know what, you know that there are photographers watching this right now um, thinking there's no way like $39,000 a month. Like that's not even possible. That's what I make right. in a year. You know that there, there are so yeah, many this is gonna be for sure. Yeah. So what, what would you say to those people? Because like, I know when people comment on my ads and they're like, really, I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to say this again for the 500th time. Like, you know what I mean? But what would you tell those people that are watching this and are like, there's no way that's impossible. How is she even doing that? Um, a big thing is learning to trust yourself. Um, but also not being fearful of yourself and what your, um, what your potentials are. So my big thing here, okay, here's kind of an answer to both the mistakes thing and this question. Yeah. I never invested in myself as a photographer. I bought equipment, but I never invested in my knowledge. Like right. I never did workshops. I never went to conferences, like all these things that everyone does yearly. I'm like, eh, no big deal. I've got this. Right. So the mistake could be that I just thought I had it all and right. thought I figured it all out myself, even though right. I'm really not making my potential. Right. So I know that like investing in yourself it is absolutely terrifying when you don't know what the outcome is going to be. Right. Um, but the thing is that it really shouldn't be so scary. It should be more exciting because you know that you're trying to improve yourself as a person and as a business right. and what's going to come out of it will significantly trump what you would have left behind. Like, I don't that's know if that even makes sense. It made so much no, sense. It totally does. And you know, so I have my master's, my husband has my doc has his doctorate and we always like talk about this and we're like, we've invested so much money in our educations, right? To mm -hmm. go out, like we, I came out with $65,000 in school loans to go out and work a job that I would have to work for 30 years to pay off that school loan, right? Yes. My husband, the same, he went to school for his doctorate and he came out knowing that he was going to have to work. 30 years, like that school loan, we would, we were, we were convinced we would never be able to pay it off, that we would carry it until we were 65. Right. Yeah. And so, but you need, you need to invest in yourself in order to, um, in order to grow and yeah. in order to make changes. And, um, and that's what always is mind boggling to me about the photography industry is people want to get better. They want to make changes, but they don't want to invest in the fact that they need to do it. Yeah. But they're willing to go and spend $40,000 on a bachelor's degree exactly. that isn't going to make them any money. Yep. It's, it's crazy to me. I always think about that. I'm like, really? Like, is in the grand scheme of things, like, it's really not, not that much money. Much no. And much changes. Yes. And your program, and don't change the price because I'm saying this, people are going to be like, why did you say that's the problem? But your program is really affordable considering the material that you give us, right. comparing it to other programs that are significantly more expensive and less hands-on. Right. Like, there is so much value in the High Rollers Club. I mean, just the freaking name speaks for itself. I don't know who came up with that. It's I did. did it? It, like, it makes you want to be part of it. <laughs> you know what's funny is when we first start, when I first started this, um, and you know, I had to start like a Square account, Stripe, and PayPal. Every single one of them called me and was like, "What exactly is your business? Because if you're gambling, we can't work with you." And oh yeah. No, I'm not a gambling business, but. <laughs> 
but yeah, I, um, so anyway, I wanted to thank you so much for jumping on and you have any like last minute, last minute pieces of advice for, you know, photographers out there that are ready to make a change and they're just kind of scared to do it or scared to jump in. Any advice? Yeah. So this is just something that I've said for a long time when people started asking me, even with the other program and now with this one, like, how are you successful with it? And what made you <clears throat> feel like you could pay that much money? Like, how are you not scared? or people just saying like, I can't do it. I've got too many of this to do and too much of this to do. And I have right. all these bills to pay. And it's like, well, that's why you should do it. So anyway, what I want to say is you can either stay where you are doing the things that you're doing that aren't working, making a lot less money than you want to make, or you can pay a mentor who's already done all that and already figured it out and made like the perfect recipe for the perfect meal. And you're just buying that recipe, you know, <laughs> right. and then you change your life for the better and you are so successful. So you, you have to get out of your own way. And that's something that I tell even my clients, like get out of your own way, get out of your own head. Yeah. That's where the problems are. You're right. tricking yourself to believing that this is not going to work, that you as a person can't possibly make this much money because you are not worth it for some reason. Right. You are worth it. You just need to learn how to value yourself. Absolutely. And yeah. So there's so much that you learn. It's more than just, uh, it's more than just marketing. So I've had some people ask me, like somebody recently told me, I already have like, this is my sales average, which it was like uh, between one to 2000. Right. And so she said, so I'm good on that part and I'm good on the IPS because I made. oh no, she said something like I, I did IPS last year and I made only a thousand dollars. Um, so I, but I really need to know the marketing. It was something like that. Yeah. And I told him like, it sounds like you need way more than the marketing. You need the marketing to attract the right clients. Right. You need automations. You need, um, scripts for phone calls. Huge. Right. Huge. Right. Um, you need IPS skills and you need IPS or, uh, pricing. I mean, there's so much that goes into it. It's so much more than just a single thing and I yeah. I don't think people realize how much is really involved in this program that for the amount of money like you make that back in a couple of sessions yeah once you start I was talking to I was talking to a photographer yesterday who was like I've got memberships to all kinds of forums and and it's not working and I was like okay let me tell you why it's not working because it's like someone gave you 10 puzzles with 300 pieces each and you dumped them all into your living room floor and you're trying to make one complete picture with all of those puzzles. I was like, it's not working. I said, you know, the, the mastermind is like one puzzle. Yeah, there's a lot of pieces, but at least you're not working with like 10 different puzzles yeah. trying to create a picture that's not going to make sense. And um, it's, yeah, it's so important to have like all of the puzzle pieces working and you know, I think my, so my husband's like from, you know, physical therapy world and he always talks about R and D research and development. And like, when he first started talking about that, I was like, come on, like with your abbreviations really. But, but, <laughs> but he was talking about, I'm like, oh, it's so true. Cause like I'm doing R and D every single day. And then I'm teaching my students yes. what I'm doing and what's not working and what worked for me. And so the R and D is like constantly happening because yeah. I'm running a full-time studio too. So but um that's something I've been telling people too about you. I'm like she's running her own business, killing it. 
<laughs> and if she has new ideas, she tests it out on her own market first. And then if it works, she tells us. Like you don't just use us as your guinea pigs. You kind of use your clients as the guinea pigs. It's but, true. But it doesn't hurt them. If, if it was going to hurt anybody, it would be you. And you're willing to take that risk yeah. um, for the better of yourself and of all of your students. So it's just, I mean, we get so much out of you. I'm just, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, thank I know you're awesome. Thank you. Uh, yeah, so if you're thinking of doing this, you just, you have to just like do it. You just have to get out of your own way. That's the, I feel like that's just in life. Just get right. out of your way. You just gotta, you just gotta do it. You just gotta go for it. Yeah. It's better to just jump in cold water than to go in really slow. Exactly, yes. Um, and then, kind of going back to what you were saying about all the puzzle pieces from all the different things. Yeah. That's, so I know that there are so many amazing programs out there. There's you and I, I know of several others that are working really, really well for people. Yeah. But like for me, I wouldn't hire multiple people at the same time because I'm going to confuse the crap out of myself. I'm going to overwhelm yeah. myself with too much information. Yeah, it's true. So like, I'm going to try to combine this piece with this piece and put them together. And it just it doesn't work. Like you've got to commit to one thing right. and see it through to the end. Absolutely. And then when you're ready to move forward, move forward. But if you're killing it, then just stay where you are. <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. It was so good talking to you and you. I'm so proud of you. I'm so happy for you. Thank you. You're just killing it over there. <laughs> You're just killing it. All right. Well, um, tell us your website so people can check you out and find you. And Instagram, right? You have Instagram too? Yes. Okay. So um, website is lovelyinlace.me, M-E. Um, and then my Instagram is lovelyinlace underscore Orlando. Perfect. I tried underscore boudoir at one point and Instagram doesn't like me. No, Instagram's so. a little picky about things yeah. like that. So yeah. thank you so much for coming. If you guys want to check out Saban's work, go to her Facebook, definitely follow her Instagram. She's got some gorgeous work. And thank you again for taking the leap and joining us. It's so good to have you with us. And I'm so proud of you. Thanks, Jen. Talk to you later. Talk to you later. Bye.